everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 633. Uh, my YouTube dashboard is telling me that there are... Oh, there are people viewing. It is working. It's just telling me the, the video is private. So, uh, welcome. This is a music technology podcast. This is not a streaming uh, technology troubleshooting podcast. Although, if you watched last week, you might have thought it was. Uh, Sonic Talk is designed to be talking about music, technology, software, synthesizers, instruments, recording, live production, and maybe live streaming as well, because that's now in the sort of canon of skills that any musician is likely to require these days as we are in a week i don't know lots of lockdown and i hope everything's going where you are well uh, last week was a little bit of a nightmare um just to recap my my machine uh basically had a windows update the night before um the tuesday night i came in on wednesday and it had frozen i thought oh i'll just hard reboot it big mistake windows is dead reinstall from scratch uh and in fact what i did last week i didn't think the show was going to happen and then i suddenly got it working but i was actually running on uh, a 2018 version of our streaming and switching software which i didn't realize which is why during the show various other things went wrong um but i think it was fun and hopefully you'll all um well you'll all get to um laugh about it one day when we can meet again to drink we'll we'll be able to reminisce and enjoy how uh, how complicated it was but i do have some people with me this week and hopefully my switchy switch will work so i'm going to start with mr gaz williams bass player producer music technologist over there in bristol how are you gaz you well yes i'm um yeah lots of change and lots of cool things happening uh sort of studio at the moment which is really fun um having a bit of a having new studio furniture coming in and doing some quite radical ideas, um, which I think is going to be quite an interesting way of going about things, trying to do like a setting up, because I've got so many like boxes and devices that it needs to be accessible by multiple people. So uh, what I've done in the other end of the room here is create a little setup. So, you know, so a couple of people could use it but i'm taking that to the next level now by creating like a like a a, a definite two player kind of space right and the way i'm gonna do it is what you gotta imagine you know like this the the star wars battleship uh you know the empires uh what are they called battle cruisers are they those oh yeah those big ones Tie fighters. you know and, oh no no the no one no that looks like a wedge no. of cheese yeah 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 so imagine one of them big one of them at the bottom and then another one above it, but but further back. And then another one above it, further back. So you got like two ah, triangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I triangles. See. Yeah. Wow. That and then that's that's the idea. So you're kind of looking at your other player through right. the triangle in the eye. You know, <laughs> in the eye. You know. Yeah. And uh, and it's going to be a, 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 a all about sync. So all these devices are all going to be synced. There's going to be multiple sequences, at so, least oh, okay. this sounds like six a lot or seven sounds sequences. Like, sounds like a lot of... Uh, no, are you going to, is it no going to be more... Are you going to, is the triangle is allowing for a two-metre gap between the players at all times? Unless... <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's the it. other thing you yeah. have to think of in these days, even in your own yes. home. Yes. Yeah, like so that's member. that. That we'll see how it we'll see how it turns out. But the idea of that is so you can film it as well. So you put the camera at like the kind of the nose end of it, and then you can see both people kind of uh, yeah interacting. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yes. So it cool. just came to me in a dream. It came to me. In, it came to me in a dream. Wow. And it was, and they looked like those battle, those Star Wars things you see in the dreams. And uh, so, yes, so it's all about making your dreams a reality. After all, that's that's Life that's a, a potential show title. There, I'm going Star Wars keyboard <laughs> rig uh, as a potential because it's just about the right layer. I think that's long enough. For Star that. destroyers. Star destroyers. They call Star destroyers. Oh, okay, I don't know. That destroyers makes that takes it. That takes it. Too yeah, far. yeah. Destroyers, no, no. I, can, I can make no. wars. Destroyers is too many characters. Mm. Anyway, guys, <laughs> lovely to hear from you. And, uh, and lo loving your coloration oh, as well. You've got a great one, camera. Uh, one last thing, one last thing. Um, later, I have got the show tonight ah. and I've got a special guest. Uh, so first, oh, first thing I'm going to do, like in front of me, I've got the uh, glockenspiel. glockenspiel. 
Yeah. And I've got that going through uh, the Eventide H9 and the Strymon Volante, which <laughs> so I'm just, sort of reviewing. A very short impulse with 25 million seconds of reverb. It sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear, the joy, the deep joy I've been having with that, you know, sort of, it's a, so I'm going to do a little bit of that. But the big news is tonight's show, um, Calc will be joining oh, me. Chris Calcup from Novation. Hey. He's going to be joining me. Well, you two uh, get so, on really well, so that'd be great. Uh, yeah, and he's got a really interesting setup um, in his room, and he and he's going to do a little bit of a few sounds and things for us as well. So uh, that'll be from 8 o'clock tonight. Excellent. On the Gaz Williams YouTube channel, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for uh, that plug Facebook, there. Facebook, I think, as well. Well, I didn't... <laughs> it was, anyway, <laughs> lovely to... I have forced you. it. Yeah, I didn't ask, <laughs> to be fair. But, you know, you're always welcome. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> right, and we also have Mr. Matthew Hodson, a.k.a. Maths. Maths, 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 maths. At, Hello. At maths, maths, with two Ts. Uh, he's there in Brighton with his modular studio. Uh, and his new yeah. camera and his fancy new internet connection, because we're now, he's no longer pixelated. He's a man of high resolution. Um, it's the lights as well. You have a lot of resolve, as it were. It's the lights and the makeup and everything, you know, and all this well, kind of thing. Part, that's and, the uh, problem. As soon as you start doing that, you've got to, yeah. you've got to make the effort. I know, I know. And I caught the sun a little bit, so I'm a bit red as well. But, um, you know, it's that. really interesting. It's, sorry? I can fix that. Oh, I'll just, okay. I'll just drop um, the red down for you, if you like. Do it, do it, yeah, please. And uh, you know, I think it's quite an interesting topic, actually. What Gaz is on about there, in terms of, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I'm always looking at people's studio setups and how they've got it set up, you know, ergonomically designed and stuff. I think it's so important. And uh, you know, sometimes I'll just look through um, Instagram or something and look at people's studio setups just to see where they've got their computer screens and where they've got the synths and how things are laid laid about. I think. Um, I think we could probably do a topic on that one time oh, and actually easy. and and get people maybe to send in the photos of their setups. It'd be really cool to see how they've got things set up, you know, and designed because that'd That's be cool. That's a cracking idea. Excellent. Definitely. I think we'll, we will definitely do that. Um, yes. So mm. I'll, put, I'll post something on the socials and we can ask for that because that'd be a really nice interesting one. Great. topic. Good call, yeah. good call. So, Matt, uh, lovely to have you on. Oh, good. Thanks for having us back. You're more than welcome. Uh, particularly welcome when we have people with fine quality camera setups. It's always look at these. <laughs> we've got a, we've got actually high res. Although, Gaz, you've, you're a slightly on the lurch. I'm looking at the back of your chair, and it's about 45 degrees. That one's alright, but this one. Look at the angle of your bookshelves. They're almost at like 45 oh. degrees there. You, you look like oh. me. I've actually got a bad back, so I'm kind of keeping. That's going better. Like this. So yeah. There we go. There he's he's there now. Uh, right. So um, I am a kind of wonky on the lurch sort of guy anyway. So it's only you know <laughs> it's the camera that never lies. Work? Yeah, it still works. <laughs> Whatever, that'll work. Um, okay, brilliant. Well, um, there's actually more news. A couple of things came in since I sent the topics in, but we'll start. Maybe we'll start with those because then we can get them out of the way. Um, first big bit of news is uh, RX8 is out. Isotopes RX8, uh, which is. Isotope RX8 news. introduces new and improved modules, I'm not a sleek updated thing, interface, and workflow improvements across the board, all designed to solve once unsolvable problems for music producers, content creators, and of course, post-production professionals. So let's dive into what's new in RX8. This is going to be a bit longer than I anticipated, but new spectral Introducing recovery. Spectral recovery. Oh. Through advanced mm. machine learning, this module is designed to recover and restore band-limited spoken audio, like voice over IP calls, low-quality MP3s, archival recordings, and more. He told reporters that the explosion had resulted in an estimated 3 to $5 billion in damage. In RX's spectrogram, it's easy to see the resynthesized frequency content that spectral recovery was able to restore. He told reporters that the explosion had resulted in an S. Wow, okay, and more wow. RX magic. And um, there are a number of things. There's uh, wow and flutter, there's loudness control, a guitar denoise, uh, which would be very useful. So, because they're always trying to push more musical applications, because traditionally RX has been used, apart from in the uh, um, 
IRS synthesizer. Uh, it's been used more for sort of post-production. I mean, we use it for if we've done an interview, someone's in a really reverby room, we can actually reduce the reverb. It's, it's, it's magic stuff. Really, really impressive. So this one is out now. Uh, I think it announced today, in fact, and I didn't get a chance to write the news story because I was still testing the system. But uh, um, definitely something that will excite a number of people. Uh, and Matt, do you teach RX and stuff? In, and Is it part of the yeah, curriculum? Yeah, we do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, particularly for audio post-production stuff. You know, when you're out on location, you want to clean up a sound, denoise it, de-ass it, de-wind it, de-reverb, whatever you need to do. It's all de-something. Yeah, we do do that. I mean, Isotope RX has just become one of those industry standard tools now, I think, that you just cannot have because I don't know if many people who watch the show have done much on location recording, but generally you just sometimes cannot control the environment that you're recording in no. so you know we we have to just be we're sort of masters we're wizards aren't we 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 always get expected oh they'll clean it up they'll clean it up in post and we go back to our studios and we spend hours now back in the day before isotope you'd be spending hours playing around with anti-noise plugins that just made everything sound like a wishy-washy mp3 and you would really have to work hard and, and in most cases actually you ended up putting or matching noise um, back onto the recording because you can't get rid of the noise. So you, you actually add more noise to it to make it constant, if you know what I mean. You, yeah. you, you hear this sometimes in movies, particularly like in the 80s, at the end of lines, if they've been recording on location with somewhere where it's quite noisy, at the end of the line, you'll hear the sound of a car sort of come up in volume and then sink down because of the way that they're, they're either limiting the voice and they're, they're denoising it. And then they had to have more car noise added in to make it sound like it wasn't yeah yeah i you know, know what you mean you kind of it's like room tone isn't it in the movies where you kind of because you might be editing dialogue and you, you yeah you, you you might have cut a part of the uh you know the tail or a breath for the next one you have this underlying tone which kind of helps fill the gaps um, yes it's yeah. it's all about making it feel concise and and part of the scene and and you we, we, we're creating a sonic picture but i tell you what in the, in the usual sort of Matt Hodson, Matt's way, I'm always, I've always been a big fan of using the content that you extrapolate. So when you're denoising something, yeah, yeah you know, you written. know, you, you can you can listen to the the content that you're removing sometimes when you denoise something, and you end up with this kind of you you get these weird sounds that I would then chop up and make into hi hats, or you can ah. sometimes find weird rhythms from them. So I do that sometimes with with noise and uh, background noise and the sea, and I would I would take out some content and I would keep that content that I was taking out, um, not the not the good stuff, the kind of stuff that you would usually discard, and I would use that to make music well, with, an and idea. I just found that quite interesting yeah. way of working. Yeah, I know that, and that seems like a really interesting thing to do. I mean, Gaz, I know you know RX. I mean, it can rep mm. it does a lot of things. I mean, they've been pushing the musical side of it a little bit for the D clip, and yes. sort of basically bringing recordings back to life. You know, somebody did a great tape, but there's something in the middle of it, and and you can kind of deal with with that. Yeah. I mean, it is it is kind of magical stuff. Really. Well, I, ha I haven't seen what else is included in RX, but what eight? But what I'd be really interested to see if there's any more development on the music rebalance tool. Uh, uh, Yes, came out it says in rx7 improved does it balance yeah does it yes oh i'm fully on board then because that was the thing that was the for me and my workflow and the things that i've done the music rebalance tool is incredible now part of that has migrated across to ozone in that you can yeah. adjust the relative balance of like the drums or the vocals or whatever well it was in four uh, RX does it in four categories, doesn't it? Oh, well, it did. So maybe they've changed this now, but it was bass, percussion, uh, voice, and other. So everything had to be subdivided into one of those four categories. However, the results are fantastic, and you can use it for very subtle mastering kind of approaches. I've been going back to some old mixes, bits that have bugged me, just like little sort of phrases, like like the, like a little pre-chorus part where the vocal was just a bit under, you know, and carefully just going, isolating those parts. Wow. Just, just go lift the vocal by 2 dB. Wow. And that little part. And then the vocal pops out a bit more, and it's just like, oh, man, this is like going back in, in 
history and being able to fix those it's funny mix I, I know what you say I've I, I it's part of me kind of wishes that I worked in a in a different industry where where nobody knew about RX and like you know I don't know like uh, um, mm, yeah. spy or you know just somewhere I could just come along and yeah. kind of go well you couldn't hear anything oh, yeah. but listen to this and everybody goes oh, magic. It's like night and day the magic of it you know we're, we're getting Brilliant. used to all of this melodyne DNA and the yeah, kind of FFT absolutely. stuff it's just but you know maybe yeah. the general public I don't know yeah. that this stuff is available I mean I may be underselling them of course but can does it say on the rx8 thing does it say what where the improvements are in that um algorithm because uh, of course you no, can use you can use that algorithm in you know extreme ways and ex, you know remove vocals entirely or remove drums mm. entirely or yeah. solo essentially solo just the drums you know and it's absolutely brilliant fun to put famous songs in and just sort of pull parts out of it and mm. you know i had a lot of fun when rx7 first came out and did a kind of hybrid of um, the beatles drive my car and the stones paint it black by extracting the vocal out of paint it black and taking turning off the vocals of drive my car then bringing in the vocals of paint it black but it over drive my car and then just time stretch the phrases well actually even better than that what you can do is you can take the pitch contour of the lyric and then apply that to the incoming audio so it takes the pitch contour of the wow. drive my car vocal and applying that to um, paint it black vocal wow. <laughs> and well, the results were quite interesting but of course it's all super copyright material i, yeah, I decided so you, can't, not, you can't tell anybody you can't <laughs> Just quickly, the uh, the RX Elements comes in three flavours. RX Elements 99, RX Standard uh, 299. I think they're all discounted at the moment. RX 8 Advanced 999, and there's probably some upgrade paths. And just a quick one, because somebody mentioned it in the chat room, I think, and I was thinking it myself. Mazda, Mazda RX-7 sports car, Mazda RX-8. So they're actually, they're, they're, maybe they're kind of, you know, they're, having, RX, they're parity with uh, with the Mazda's little sports car coupe range, only in software. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I wanted to get that in there. I know it's probably, it, it was a little bit out of mm. the uh, context there, but uh, I thought I'd throw it in. All right, let's take a look at, uh, actually, before I do that, I want to just quickly... Uh, do a plug for uh, we did the Move Matriarch Q and A with Amos and Mark, uh, which was really good fun. And if you want to find out a bit more about the the kind of design process and some of the stuff going on back there, check that out. That's on Bitly slash Sonic MQA. So Bitly slash Sonic MQA will get you there. But also we did another video. I released it yesterday where Ed was just doing some patching examples with using the attenuverters. He focused on those and how attenuverters in any desktop synth or any synthesizer actually add an enormous amount of functions. And in the matriarch, there's three of them, which is quite unusual. But uh, do check that out. That's on the YouTube channel as well. Um, but let's get on to uh, this. There's nothing quite like it. This is new friction. The sound of a bow scraping across a string. Modelled strings uh, for reason, friction. which of course can run inside uh, as a VST inside other DAWs now, so you can access kind of stuff. And these model things Expressive, are starting to get pretty emotive, damn dynamic. Impressive. Strings can get to the heart of a musical idea, lifting it up, taking even a simple phrase, and bringing it to life. Introducing friction modeled strings, the sound of real strings in the reason rack. With physical modeling controls for real world characteristics, like the position of the player's finger or the scrape of the bow across the strings, friction is an instrument with an immediate and expressive response, making it a joy to play. Shape phrasing and dynamics in real time. There we go, and I guess you would, you know, like with a lot of model instruments, there's a lot of controller data that goes in 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 this. Mm. This is quite interesting. I mean, you know, obviously Reason is uh, it's a very specific user group. Lots of people don't use Reason. I, I, I'm one of them. I don't know if any of us do. I'm guessing probably some of Matt's students probably have to, you know, they they'll cover it. <laughs> but it, it became this kind of ring fenced place, and now they've got an interesting strategy. It seems by introducing kind of really uh, unique and interesting Reason rack extensions that you would almost buy the reason to run the rack extensions as a DAW plugin because you can run them in I think you can run them you can run it via rewire can you run reason from within the rack extensions from within a DAW now as well if I, I'm right in thinking yeah. that 
So yeah. it's yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting approach, and this is you know again another another instrument that they brought on. But it got me thinking a little bit about the the, the power of these kind of modelled audio model stuff. I mean, there are. Uh, Mm. I wonder if we're heading towards, you know, in the same way that wavetable synthesis became a thing. And as we last couple of years, you know, we've had hardware and software that have really come to the forefront and everybody's wowed about them. Whether we're kind of heading to the to a sort of a, a new synthesis style that's going to come to the forward and that might be audio mod modeling. I'm not sure what you think of, of that, either of you, but uh, I just thought it would be interesting yeah. to discuss, possibly. I, th um, I, th I think it's... Uh, sorry. I, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, though. I think it's the marriage of MPE and super realistic modelled. Um, I think when you play with MPE things, you, you, the limits of sample synthesis... Sorry, sampled... in engines i think you kind of feel it uh i think modeling is a much more organic response in the actual performance side of things and in, in my experience so i think it's the, the two really coming together super mpe controls so with this uh, reason rack thing i was wondering about it in terms of what uh what the different controllers were it says it's lots of there's lots of switching for the different articulations but um i mentioned this because uh you know the uh expressive e um they brought out arche didn't they which was modeled um it, a, a yeah, violin, it violin viola and, and very realistic a cello and a, yeah. yeah but but the crucial part there was uh, by using the touche as a bow although you could use your mod wheel as a bow as well but using the touche and bouncing your hand and tapping and doing all of these things like bowing kind of techniques seem to give you really realistic um you know a believable so like your imagination as you play in it you can kind of Feel yeah, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. That's the that's that's the key, isn't it? It's the the, the, the articulations that you can because the mean, articulation. You know, we, we've yeah. seen a, a, a similarly contact instruments and you know and Spitfire engines, you know, whatever. You know, they're all that they do it via switching and it's via real players, and that's really impressive as well. But I mean, generally with with modelled instruments, you know, the actual kind of nub of it, you know, you're not downloading sixteen gigs of of sound, yeah. which for some people might be you know might yeah. not be a problem, yeah. but it's quite an interesting. Um, it's a sort of parallel development of that whole thing. I don't know, um, Matt, I, yeah, I, I mean, was asking you about that. So. Yeah, I, absolutely. The fact that you don't need to download 16 gig of samples here and lob them on your machine is brilliant. The fact that this yeah. is, you know, it's, it's synthesis based means that I, I haven't played with this yet, but I'm hoping that you can you can really play around with all those different elements like the bowing, the plucking, the vibrato and just work with the synthesized elements of each part of the sound there. So if you can imagine you, you might be like plucking a violin or something like that, but you could play, you can synthesize and play around the synthesis of just the attack or the decay mm. and make those things quite interesting sounding and, and, and kind of blur it between a, a violin sound and, you know, like a, a big fat Schwayman oscillator or something like that and, and, and morph between the two. Kind of reminds me of the kind of thing um, with the early Kymer systems. You ever use those, Nick? No, but I've guys? seen, the yeah, they're Kymer, very, yeah, K-Y-M-A. They had this ability to really, um, very, very powerful. I mean, you had to buy a rack unit which had its own processor within it. It was very expensive, but it had the ability to, to morph between one sound and another. Uh, there's a name for it and I, I've, forgive me i forget the name of it but it's where one sound it's not an audio crossfade but it's it's an actual morph of yeah uh, of this of all the sound integrally to, from one to another and that that was really amazing when i first heard that so if you kind of start doing that sort of thing moving forward that that really excites me as well and using the the control keys as well for not only the expression but to play around with that art, that synthesis articulation of the plucking and the legato and all that kind of stuff. That's what excites me. Well, I mean, it's worth mentioning at this point, I mean, let's not forget Osmos. Mm. Osmos is uh, oh, in yeah. a, a new physical controller the with a built-in... The best thing I've uh, ever tried. It's not with... It's not with uh, I, I've forgotten what the engine is now. It's the uh, it's the engine inside... It's the Egan the Matrix. Hacken, the Egan Matrix, which is in the Hacken Continuum, which I don't know if mm. it has any legacy with... Uh, um, 
uh, the software that you mentioned, Matt. But um, there's there's mm. this kind of world where, and, and that, I mean, yeah. we had a demo here and obviously they're waiting for the physical stuff to actually appear. You know, the, the, I mean, the physical hardware, which looks like it's going to be available in the winter. I think when that shows, that's going to be a really big, mm. but this, uh, this notion, of, I, I think what I find fascinating because getting inside the technique for creating physical modeling I mean, as a as a reasonably experienced synthesis, all of us have the ability, you know, the, to this. There's nothing in there that makes you think I know how to even begin to make that. There feel it feels like there's kind of somebody who has to be at the the, the white coat laboratory scientists are figuring out the the clever stuff, and then you just we're we're we figure out how to control it and what the modulations would be, but we have absolutely no idea mm. that the, the the finesse to to make those instruments sound even more realistic. I just, I find that quite interesting as a concept that we are almost, it's almost like black box technology in a way. We have no idea. But this is where I wish developers would get more in bed with, with the, with the producers and say, look, how are you, how are you playing around with this? What are you using? What's your go-to in the studio for articulation and expression or just a MIDI keyboard or sequencer? What is it? And how are you pulling that all together? And what would be your desires if there was one dream system that did something, you know, I, I, maybe there is some of this, probably more than, than, than I know, actually, uh, of this kind of communication between developers and producers. But um, um, I certainly have been asked, but I've got, as you know, I've got a lot of ideas about that. Get rid well, of the black and white keys. I think you're, you're heading back towards that notion of the perfect controller. I mean, when we did do the Zoom room, there was, you know, who's got the perfect controller? It's like, nobody put their hand. Yeah, you know? and yeah, we're sort of, yeah. It's horses for courses. I mean, and the thing is with all of these things, that the thing about physical model stuff, again, there's this process where, you know, the bit where you figure out what knob to turn to do this and what the what the control law of that is, all of that stuff is probably really boring to set up. You know, you once you've got it all set, you then have to learn how to do it. So, it, you know, that, that part of the process, we're probably not all that interested in. We just want to pick something up and go, oh, I can be really expressive without having to figure out all of the, the, the it's got to be vibey, man. It's got to be vibey. Yeah. Whatever all it is, it's got to be vibey. That's all. Yeah. You just got to. You've got to connect with it, and that's that's why every all of our studios are different. We've got different equipment. It's how we connect with it, and it, yeah, I suppose it does. I don't think there is going to ever mm. be the the one amazing controller. No, I think you're probably right. Um, just right. coming back to this, uh, one thing that's interesting, you can buy it now for 99 quid. This is the Friction Model String in Reason Studios. That's uh, good. You can download a trial, but they, they're pushing the rent to own. So you can bear uh, 13 months mm. at $7.99 um, so rent to own. So it's, what's interesting there, mm. what does that work out at? That's uh, 13 times 7.99 equals. So as a finance deal, that's actually only about 2% two and a half well, maybe that's three percent but what that's really interesting isn't it that that, that, that yeah. people are getting into finance because finance is you know as we know a bit of a black yeah. art but th this is kind of interesting that yeah. strikes me as being slightly more appealing than the than the um you know the uh rental kind of access just the, the, uh, the, subscription, the product, yeah. model. subscription model the fact that you end up with it we've talked about this in the past haven't we you know that musicians typically want to own their instruments they don't want to come back to a project from five or six years ago and be locked out of it so that's a model i would like to see grow i think really where that you makes make sense, that actually doesn't it because you could then just yeah go, i need it today we'll try it out for this project if i really like it i'll keep by it. i'll keep going and then I'll own it, and then otherwise I'll rent it. And yeah, okay, yeah. you might end up paying I, I, two or three months yeah. and then buying it anyway, but that's that's not unreasonable. Or you you say you spend a few months with it and decide you don't like it, then you've only, I guess that's it, it you just lose access to it, I suppose. But you've just spent like, 50, you've spent, what's that, like sort of... Um, well, it's two months of 16, Netflix, isn't it? <laughs> 16 quid, yeah, so, uh, so it's... Yeah, it's an interesting business model, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if that's uh, that'll go. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's again another thing. Anyway, um, that was the the physical model modeling section, and yeah, do check out uh, Audio Modeling as well. Uh, AudioModeling dot com. They got they've got loads of stuff, and the Swam instruments and they, their stuff is really good. They always have a, a booth uh, whenever we used to go to events. There was there was always like Last Nam. There was one, and the, the stuff that was being played there, particularly the sort of gypsy violins and the woodwinds, they sound really good. I mean, they've got very good people playing them, but they're very impressive. 
Um, okay. Ah, oh, yeah. I wanted to do this because this came up this morning, and this is uh, Mr. Mylar. Today we're going to look at the dark horse of the Roland Jupiter family, the Roland Jupiter Six. Melodies is playing beforehand, and uh, he's <laughs> it's great. I, and it's a really, I, and it's something that people have always said to me to do. You should review vintage synths, and now Mylar's done one, and I, I've tried to include them in the Friday Fun Stick. But the Jupiter Six, I, many people know I, I own a Jupiter Six, and I must admit. I th- I still think it is it's better than the eight because it does different things. <laughs> it, it, it's got more it's got more far outness to it. I mean, it's not the same, uh-huh. but it, it's I just think it's a really amazing set. There's a great video. In fact, I'm going to encourage you to uh, let me see where is it. I think I posted. Well, go on, Nick. Yeah. What 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 do you what would you reach to for the Jupiter Six for then? Is it the pad you say, or is it is it the bass, or is it just the fact that it can go from one extreme to another? Sell it to us. That's a really good question because now you're going to expose my uh, the fact that I very rarely take it out of the rack and put it anywhere because it's so <laughs> big right. that you know I might use it. I use it for the when what happens is I pick it up and I occasionally turn it on and I go, oh, that sounds so fantastic. But you're bearing you know bearing in mind my day job is not making music. My day job is demonstrating synthesizers, so it's something I don't reach for on a regular basis because I'm generally. Yeah you know, figuring out a synth, you know, it's not, if I was though, I think I would be using it for interesting pads where what it's really good at is finding these kind of filter voices, voicings where you can really just tune it to fit exactly in a place. And the harmonics of the filter, uh, it's like the Juno 106 extreme. You can get a really interesting vocal and, and, just really unusual harmonics, even though, you know, because, uh, and uh, Milo Melodies mentions this, Alex mentions it, is when you're pulling these, when you're messing with the filter, there's so much stepping because it's such an early programmable synth. There's fairly almost no resolution to any of the faders, you know, or any of the parameters, but it, it doesn't matter. It just works. Um, I just, before before I, I just wanted to plug uh, Patreon Milo Melodies. It's always worth supporting um, these guys and uh, you can go over there if you just check it out. I think you've probably got links in all of his show videos and stuff, but I, it's beautiful. I don't know, Gaz, have you ever experienced the joy of the Jupiter 6? As... I don't think I have, actually. Um, Jupiter 4, yes, and the Jupiter 8. And it's interesting, I, I was always... A little bit underwhelmed with the Jupiter 8, not in the sound, sound is fantastic, but just in its fairly standard controls, I would you know, agree. so that's, um, that's long, a curious I'd, thing yeah. about this one. I think but the it Jupiter, sounds a lot... The, it's, yeah, sorry, carry on. Go on. I, I was going to no, say, no, I, I agree. Jupiter, I mean, I think the Jupiter 8 is, it's, it's on a pedestal because it was the only synth available mm. that the bands could tour that was built to tour effectively. So it became yeah. iconic amongst all of, amongst a certain age group or amongst the fans of a certain music as the synthesizer, you know, it's the synth. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, I, I agree. I, I don't, I'm not all that impressed, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's impressive and it's a massive thing, but it's, it's a very competent tool for the job it was made for. Whereas the six is more of a creative device. I would, I would venture. Is it heavy? The six, um, yeah, not as heavy as the eight, but it is still a substantial okay. instrument. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm. just want to say thank you very much to Wagyu. Look, he's, I, I think hey. he's actually April the first every year. Played a straight retro. Uh, dress <laughs> okay, this is this this is stu- uh, an example of super chat. Uh, April the first every year, we need a played straight retro Sonic Lab. Nick dressed up in period costume, flares and wigs, and pink lip. Not sure. I mean, I appreciate the interview. Yes. I don't know. Good, I, don't think I, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I think Gaz <laughs> might be up for that. But uh, yeah. thank you for the super chat and uh, super stickers and all of that stuff. It's all great to, you know, helps fill the coffers, as it were. Um, but yeah, back to your original point, not as heavy yeah. as the Jupiter 8. Jupiter 8 is okay. beastly. I mean, I, I'm, I don't own a polysynth at all. No, I don't. 
anymore. Um, I've had a Juno and things like that. I'm I'm actually, Chris Calcutt actually, I reached out to him recently because I said, I'm interested in the summit. So I'm looking at that, um, looking at the Deep Mind and the Uno, Uno 6. Um, the Udo. Udo, Super thank you, pardon, yes, which I absolutely loved. I played on that Super Booth, and I had I had one of those moments where I was just playing with it, and I was like, yeah, the, I'm really connecting with this. It's vibey. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I don't know what to go for at the minute in terms of a, a nice poly. What, you forgot what, one. Sorry? Well, it depends on the cash. I mean, I, I don't know. We're getting yeah. a Super 6 here to be reviewed in the next few days. Hopefully, I won't be able to get around to it for a bit. Okay. Uh, there may be other polys about to drop, but I would also say uh, the uh, Hydrosynth is well worth checking out because oh, you've, well, got, absolutely. you've got MPE, you've got the ribbon strip, you've also got CV and gate IO, and the yeah. modulation yeah. matrix and the effects in it are really, really good. I mean, it, it, yeah. because it's not, you know, it's a modelled uh, wavetable synthesizer, but I wouldn't discount it just because it just because of that, to be honest. So I would throw okay. that in the mix as well. Yeah, the Udo is quite expensive, but I think it's now available in most places. You can find it online now. It seems to have suddenly appeared yeah. everywhere and ready to go and get off the shelf. Um, yeah. There's something I liked about the simplicity, though, the interface of the yeah. Udo, I must mm -hmm. admit. I, I, I connected with that quite well. Um, um, it seems, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence. Gaz, what's your what's your go-to polysynth in your studio? Sledge. Uh, <laughs> no, Sledge is dead. Sledge has oh. been dead for a year now. I've got to get it. Sledge is dead, maybe. Sledge is dead. <laughs> yeah, who's Sledge? Sledge is dead. Um, wow. Yeah, Sledge is dead. Abyss. I love the Abyss. Um, I really love for um, project work uh, the Deep Mind. Sounds great in mix in mixes uh really really good i think um yeah but i mean yeah i'm guessing for a super six though i think that is a premium instrument i think you yeah. know that yeah. sort of uh i think um Mm, yeah well we have we're quite spoiled for polys these days so aren't we i mean you know things like the uh the the modal argon 8 you know that's a yeah. kind of really oh, affordable that's one right that's a mini log xd as well you know so i mean albeit not massively polyphonous is that sure. a word yeah <laughs> i mean even yeah the moog um moog matriarch video that that you did nick i mean what you've done there what i loved about that video is because we've got a couple of them here at, at bim in the university and i wasn't getting anything out of them near as interesting as what you've shown as you can do since watching that video about you know how you can patch it with it being semi-modular so that that's actually made me think and the other thing is i watched your video just again the other day on the um poly behringer model d and just for it is simple but i think the sounds coming out of that i really liked i must admit and for its price i thought yeah that's I, well i could say i mean I, I, can speak, I can speak to that i would say the thing about the poly d it's got the oscillators do sound really nice and they sound nice in polyphony so sorry am i muted? sorry your mic mic your mic want to go up a little bit nick i think oh does it okay i'll i'll yeah, turn my mic up i beg your pardon quiet. i'll turn myself right. up um the poly d yeah it what it's got is it, it sounds really nice on uh triangle wave and sawtooths as poly voices it's just it's got that kind of almost a quality of organ if you play it in the same way where it's almost like legato chord and you're moving notes around in a chord where it doesn't win so much i would say is it doesn't have that sort of those extra synthesis things that you might think if i could just you know it's, it's i like the mini yeah. moog it's a very basic synthesizer but what it does do it sounds quite nice at you know so i would say it's it's when i reviewed it i sort of felt like well it sort of feels like it's not really a proper polysynth because you can't do some of those things that you might want to do in a poly. I'm not dissing it, but as, if you're looking for a polysynth, then it might not be the thing that you would necessarily go for. I mean, the the, the deep mind, I would agree with Gary. I, I switched it on the other day because I was doing a demo of something and it was kind of like, well, it just took me a little while to get back into it. And I, the one thing I did mm. notice is, I mean, while it sounds great when you build it all up, but the initial, the, you know, an oscillator is not quite as impressive as some of the synths that we can hear these days, you know, like a hydrosynth oscillator or, you know, like you say, the, the matriarch oscillator are just, you know, they're up here somewhere, you know, but 
the effects mm -hmm. and the modulation is really impressive on that synth. And that's something, if you're into that world of, uh, if effect, I mean, I know they are, Matt, you know, effects are really integral to your, and the effects in mm. it are, are really amongst the best, you know, the in, yeah. in its class. Envelope, the handling of envelopes as well. Like you can just you can just flick a button and just change the envelope controls to control kind of inverse curves, or expo yeah. exponential curves, and that is really nicely done. I think. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good things on that. Good still, lord, I look at I that. Agree we're, with you, we're not bashing Behringer. What a surprise! Oh, no. that's that's. <laughs> see, we don't. I just want you know. There's still comments appearing on the cork sniffer video. I, I just I, I can't be bothered to explain myself anymore. But anyway, yeah, nah. lots of choice though, Matt. You know that's the main thing. You've got yeah. a ton of choice. You know, really. Mm. So that's that's the thing. Anyway, that was uh, yeah, Mylar Melodies uh, Jupiter sixteen. Really, really nice. I, I think uh, we should probably do our. Um, competition that we've got for Isotope uh, for Stutter Edit 2. So let's just do that now. From the mind of composer and electronic music pioneer, BT, in collaboration with Isotope, Stutter Edit 2 brings movement to your mix, faster and with more versatility than ever before. Stutter Edit 2 lets you slice audio into razor-sharp rhythms and moving effects, creating exciting new rhythmic worlds within your music. Instantly recreate the famous stutter effect in your samples, sound design, and beyond, all with a single button. Control a vast array of studio quality effects, all linked to the timing of your stutter edit, making it easy to add filter sweeps, panning effects, pumping dynamics, and more. Stutter Edit 2 is the fastest and most exciting way to dynamically elevate your music productions, sound design, film scoring, and more. Head to isotope.com to download a free 10-day trial, and check out our other Creative Suite products too. Yeah, and you can actually, uh, but uh, I start on a bit of a roll. So similarly, you could download a demo, I think, of RX-8 as well, which I might be tempted quite to do. Anyway, competition we've got this week. Uh, if you want to win a copy of Stutter Edit 2, uh, we're looking for the hashtag glitched out as one word and the hashtag Stutter Edit 2. This is a Twitter competition. Uh, to at Sonic State that I state So if you just tweet glitched out as a hashtag and stutter edit two with the number two to at Sonic State that I state you will enter into the competition and we'll pick uh, from the random number generator the the number of the entries in the list. So that's how we do it, and it's all uh, all jolly good. Um, uh, there was something else I was going to say, which I've completely forgotten. Um, yes, I, I can't remember now, but we did have a winner for last week, which we should also announce. And uh, it's a name that I can actually pronounce, which is a real <laughs> positive for to, uh, for the competition. So we're looking for somebody, uh, Prismatic Orb, whose uh, actual Twitter handle is at Orb Prismatic. Uh, you tweeted the hashtags that were for the winner last week. So welcome uh, to the Winners Club. If you want to get in touch, we can uh, furnish you with that. We'll pass you on to Isotope and they'll give you a copy of Stutter Edit 2. Um, okay, right. Uh, we did the RX-8. Well, let's do this one then. This is a new, uh, a free synth. How about that? Eh? Oh, wow. This is uh, Newfangled Audio, uh, distributed by... Hi, this is Brett from Newfangled Audio to tell you about our new chaotic Even synthesizer, time. Pendulate. Pendulate is a unique sounding synth with a lot of character. The focus of Pendulate is its chaotic oscillator based on the physics of a double pendulum. The chaos amount and chaos shape controls allow you to coax an extraordinary range of new textures from this module. Just like a double pendulum, this chaotic oscillator has two legs. We'll call them the root and the chaos. When chaos amount is zero, we only hear the root leg, and the chaotic oscillator will output a sine wave at the keyed note. But when it's raised, the sound of the chaotic leg will come in until it's the only one you hear. The chaotic leg. That's got to be a show title, hasn't it? The chaotic <laughs> yeah, I leg. Think so. I, I could just watch that pendulum. I could watch that for hours. I mean, like, that's just... Just watching that thing go around, I might have to look into yeah. getting a chaotic it's pendulum. Cool, isn't it? Or a t what was it called? What kind of... Pe I can't remember what it said. It was a, a two-leg pendulum. Uh, yeah, this is news uh, basically double from... Pendulum. Mm -hmm. Double pendulum. That's right. Uh, this is news... Uh, uh, Even Tide, who distribute uh, the guys. Uh, gosh, hold on, I need to roll, scroll down. Um, uh, 
newfangled audio. That's right. Uh, giving it away. Mm-hmm. So you could just get, uh, this is a free sort of monitor. Yeah. Uh, and I just think, what a, what a time we're living. This is based on some kind of, yeah. some uh, concepts from Buchla himself. So, you know, there's a sort of, there's a heritage to this this concept and it just looks like a lot of fun, basically. And it's free, right? Yeah. And it's not an iLock. Well, it doesn't why, need an iLock. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's also true. Why is it free? I mean, it's uh, it why? seems a bit too good to be true. Is it are they launching? Are they becoming are they trying to I guess it puts them on the map a lot more, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like cuz it's it's not like a cut down thing. It's got full MPE support as well. So mm, that yeah, that's that makes cool, it, it so that to, to kind of like map some of those MPE controls to the the chaos parts, I think could be really really interesting. I imagine it's I got saw, something to do with some of their other in, products because they do Elevate, yeah, which is right. a mastering limiter with a brain, Human Ear EQ, which I think we might have talked about sometime in the past. Uh, punctuate intelligent trans, you know. So they've got a number of kind of quite unique and interesting okay. uh, type things. So this this just looks like a, you know. It's a freebie. What else could you you possibly want? And and, and no iLock, as you said, mm. Matt. Um, yeah, it's also monosynth. I'm yeah. wondering if they might do a, a paid polysynth mm. version. That's entirely nice. reasonable. But I um I downloaded this straight away, yeah. installed it straight away. There's a couple of presets on it that I just went through, and there was this crazy wave shaping stuff going on. I was like, yes, instant drone dark rah, just sitting underneath a big kick drum at 130 bpm for some techno perfect <laughs> all day long <laughs> it's really good i was really impressed with this as well and you know when it when even you've got someone like eventide okay they're only distributing it but for me eventide has always been the seal of yeah. quality i mean you know, when you look back at the Orville and um, and uh, the hardware units that they used to, crikey! I mean, they they were really pushing it. You know, along with Kurt's file back in the day and that sort of. Well, thing. they're the algorithm kings, aren't they? You know, we we talked about yeah. this briefly. We talked about this briefly last week. Mm. That this notion now that we're getting URAC uh, dev- uh, designers who are building these little kind of DSP platforms and they're putting their uh, efforts and time into algorithms because you know producing hardware is is expensive and fraught with all sorts of danger. So you put a lot of effort into one and then you just pour different algorithms into it and give it a certain amount of control. And it's a really, you know, it's quite a a powerful model at the moment, particularly when there are so many things that can get in the way of distribution and and whatnot, you know, just buy the platform and and pour some more stuff in it. But yeah, and I guess uh, even to the kings of that. This thing as well, um, when I first looked at it, I thought, oh, this interface is a bit whoosh. But actually, it's really, really simple. You've got your kind of oscillator section and a wave folder, and then you've got a low-pass gate, and then you've got the ability to do some kind of patching, actually, with these kind of virtual patch cords. You can start pushing the signals around to different places, which which is really, yeah. really cool. Um, it's MPE as well. Yes. So you've got that built into it as well for, for you MPE diehards out there who love all that. Um I'm just trying to think if I had some notes on this as well because I was just I was just I was messing around with it quite a lot yesterday and it's one of those one of those plugins where you where you get it open and and you suddenly like yeah this is cool and you lose an hour to it already um, so it's what yeah go get it it's free don't need an iLock yeah. all they ask for is your email address basically and then you get sent a load of um, spammy um, shopping things for shoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find the uh, where you go for that. I guess it's going to be um, hmm, where is it? Is it uh, I'm just looking for that. It doesn't look like uh, it's an Eventide broadcast because uh, this is yeah, the uh, this is the article that was on. Um, uh, let me see. I think the link's from CDM to, take you to, to download it. So yeah, if you go to Eventide forward slash promo pendulate coax since my newfangled audio. There you go. So that yeah, I was just looking for the screen capture really. So it's very basic. Hmm. So it looks a little bit like an old um like a uh, uh oh Odyssey kind of yeah. Look. But yeah. like I say, it's, it's pretty easy. Once you hmm. start playing around with it, it's pretty easy. And yeah. if this is like there, because I think this is that company's first sort of synth because like you say they've done the mastering stuff before so um you know if this is their entry point yeah that's true yeah then i'm like okay 
you 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 people are sort of uh, doing something quite interesting here and maybe them and even tired and maybe even getting in bed and thinking all right what can we do together because um even tied as far as I'm aware, there isn't any synths in, included in their suite of plugins. I, I have all of the Eventide plugins um, installed. I'm, I'm a big fan of their stuff. Uh, as I said earlier, particularly, I think there's the um, H3000 in there, which you can do all the kind of cross-patching and stuff like that. Hot, in, yeah. so, hot sores. Hot sores. Hot sores. Hot sores. Hot sores. Right, that, that's not like some kind sores. of blemish. Like that's actually sore hot, as in sore wave, right? Yeah, sore, I just want to clarify. Yeah, hot sores. Hot sores is a patch that uh, on the H9, uh, it was one of the patches that, that came out about a year or maybe two years ago, I'm not sure, is a um, synth that you've, you know, that can you can plug your guitar in, turn it into a synth. Hot sores is fantastic and it actually sounds unbelievably massive and i've done it uh, in the pop dungeon that i was using that as my primary big synth sound on the last last couple of tours and it does sound amazing and i think it's easy to overlook that but yeah hot so if you've got an h9 you know try plugging so the guitar so even better bass looking hot for hot sores generally yeah. is giving me Ooh, a very yeah. different set of results than i was looking for shall we say yeah you're giving lots away you're giving away how the privacy settings are set yes yeah, lumberjacks there's lots of chainsaw oh. uh, videos showing up but not anything to do with the h9 <laughs> Excellent. yeah hot sores. it's really good it is really really good nice one yeah well uh yes you can so yeah free go grab it you know why ever not um, okay, we did that one. Gosh, we're going to get through to everything. Well, oh, oh um, Matt, does the FSS MTX8 interest you? Should we do that one next or should we do certainly that? does. Yeah. Okay, right, let's do that. Uh, that's video number six. I will play that now. Hi, this is this the is MTX8 from Future Sound Future Systems. Sound, Finley, Shakespeare. It's an analog switch or routing matrix for audio and control voltage. It has eight quarter-inch inputs and eight quarter-inch outputs. There's a version with a tube screamer-like preamp on input one, and you use pins to route the inputs to the outputs. In this video, I'll take a look at... So yeah, um, one of Loop Pop's excellent videos again. I don't know how on earth he finds the time to do all of these things. It's uh, quite... It's quite terrifying, really. I feel very <laughs> inadequate up against his productivity, but uh, good for him. And uh, yeah, so this is the uh, Finley Shakespeare's... Uh, um, uh, what's it called? It's called the MTX-8. And I, I should have actually looked this up. Future Sound. I, I thought I had a web page. Future Sound Systems. Future Sound Systems. Just, systems. Let me just get that page up, and then we can have a look at the. Uh, this is Finley Shakespeare, who we've spoken to about and to before, and he's just a great. Uh, here we go. MTX. It's Pin Matrix. So very similar to what they do on the uh, the VCS three. I think yeah. the uh, the VCS3 has got a bigger pin matrix. This is an active pin matrix. The thing that's really interesting about this is for audio. It's not, They do do a CV one, but this is for audio, right? And what it means is you can have multiple ins and outs, so you can sum and split because everything is buffered. So it's really useful, and it's mm. a kind of micro-patch bay, I suppose. Uh, uh, so I'm going to come to you first, Matt. Uh, this concept, yeah. uh, I would imagine, you know, because uh, I was thinking it was CV to begin with, and just the fact that it is just audio is actually kind of interesting as well. It's wicked, yeah, because, uh, I mean, big up to Finley and, and Future Sound Systems, by the way. Um, I, I, and I've I played on stage with him before, which was brilliant. Um, always great to see him play live if you can. Um, yes, he did the CV one, which you've got, which is for modular. And I remember when I was, when I was first getting into modular, I was talking to an old friend of mine, um, called Phil, who, who goes under the name of Eb Siddick. Um, he, uh, he was patching stuff together and I remember him saying, Did, has anyone made a pin board kind of thing like the VCS3 so you can sort of send signals and split signals? And a couple of weeks later, this Finley, Finley's, um, thing appeared online. Now, yeah, this one is for audio, um, which is brilliant. And this kind of goes back to it right at the beginning of the show. I said, it, it's really interesting to know what people are doing in their studios and their studio setups, because it's one thing having things ergonomically like a keyboard to the left and a synth to the right or whatever. But this then allows you to really sort of explore taking any equipment that you've got that kicks out audio, 
I'm just plumbing it together in different ways and getting different results. And I, I honestly think that's where you can come up with some really interesting ideas. Um, it takes a little bit of getting your head around about, yeah, you know, the, in to, the, in yeah. to the out and the out to the in and that kind of thing. But honestly, I think, I think anyone would be able to get their head around this. And the fact that it's also in, in Finley's, uh, style it's got um some distortion built into a couple of the inputs i think as yeah, well yeah i think is... it's only an extra 20 quid to get the uh, tube screamer type input actually right really, do it yeah it's it's really interesting the thing that i saw because i watched the loop hop video the thing i found was that the kind of interesting idea if you've got volume control on everything that you own you could use it like a, a an eight by eight mixer an eight input you know you can actually you know, have eight inputs and you can sum them together and then balance them because it's buffered. It's you don't get that weird uh, kind of impedance thing where you turn something down and the, it, it doesn't respond in the same way. I know, guys, this seems like the sort of thing that would really suit your studio. I mean, it's not cheap. It's kind of 400 quid. So it's a bunch of cash. But so you could buy a lot of Behringer yeah. mixers for that, couldn't you? <laughs> so. uh, but I think in the new, uh, that new sort of battle cruiser thing that I'm putting together, I think <laughs> may well have one of these in it so mm. it's uh yeah yeah really interesting i mean because one of the cool things with this is is it's very easy to create feedback loops and uh it, that is obviously a world of fun um i've got a bunch of things uh here like my um retroverb from vermona which is like a spring reverb with a filter and an envelope and an lfo and you can do all sorts of interesting stuff with that and typically it does it gets a bit underused because i haven't quite fi- i've got it as an effect send and um so patching it differently each time is more of a pain right yeah and i think that thing about just being able to send it back in on itself as well you know into something like that has got some potentially really juicy juicy action and i've got a lot of pedals so um i, th- I think it's it's a really interesting well, this, way of this idea, of, eight, world, this idea of the switching matrix i mean when we first saw the matrix yeah. brute that was something that re- i just thought what we need is that 16 by yeah. 16 matrix with all of the kind of you know the because you press and hold and then you just set the attenuation. It's a bit like the uh, the Zoya, isn't it? The Emperor's effects kind of you could do that sort of thing because you've got a matrix there. But the the idea of having this just matrix with 16 in, 16 outs that could be audio or CV and you just basically find the point at which they join and either you turn it up or you, you, you can attenuate or amplify. Um, just having a piece of hardware that would do that would be just so awesome. And I think at the time yeah. I talked to a few engineers, the problem is is that you have to have either A to Ds on everything or you have to have a, a, some sort of VCA on every single one. So if you've got 16 by 16, what's that? That's a, a lot, isn't it? A, a 256 <laughs> individual kind of, you know, it starts. But but the, something like that as a pattern, like, a, like a, uh, an active patch bay, matrix is a really I, I think that's a really strong idea i, I think um, oh go on gas oh okay very quickly i was just going to say uh div kids in the chat room and he has made a fantastic video about this and he shows it being used with um cv as well ah, so okay so it will yes. handle it okay so, well i stand corrected brilliant uh, that's if i can find that yeah if head over to uh div kids YouTube well, channel and it'll be on there. Well, it's a we'll get him on the good show. Video he, he's made. he spends enough time in our chat room. It's about time he came on the show. <laughs> yeah, come uh, he's on, been then. A busy boy. <laughs> yes, he's been doing so much a lot of cool stuff. Absolutely, yeah. that's a great video though. It's a really well made video. I big yeah, I've really enjoyed that one. Excellent. So, well done. Well, <laughs> the Sorry, thing about ahead. this product, this yeah, this product as well, it, it kind of takes away that idea of. You know, always thinking about sticking the reverb or the the, the delay, the, the delay, the delay the on delay. at the end <laughs> of the signal path. Here you can decide where it's going to go in the signal path, which is interesting. Same with um, a compressor or something like um, like the, the, the foot pedal one I've got over there, for example. Sticking that in a different place in the signal path is good. And also for playing live. If, you've, if you're like me, uh, all my effects are guitar pedals whenever I play live mainly so if i've got my strymons and delays and stuff and for each song i can just move a few pins around and suddenly i've got a new variation in the sound that i've got going 
Um, for playing live, I think this this is also a great tool because it's small. Oh, whack man. it in your bag. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, lights are down. You're just fumbling with a pin. It pings out. It falls on the floor. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't Spill know. some beer on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's. I think programmable hey. might be the answer. That there are programmable matrix. I think. Um, but they're, they're generally very high end because SSL did an X patch, didn't they? Which was a sixteen by sixteen yeah. matrix, and that's very cool, but very expensive. There must be a way to make it kind of affordable because that would be awesome. I think. Can I just jump in? No, DivKid is just saying, in uh, just to reiterate, modulation, clocks, trigs, gates, audio, it's buffered working at plus minus 15 volts inside, so good for guitar, line, studio, pedal board, modular. Right, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very so much. So that Bob. makes it, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that then just suddenly kind of blows it wide open of what That's it can cool, do for you. Yeah, because yeah. it's not something that was mentioned in... Um, in the loop pop video, I don't believe I didn't. And it's not mentioned in the specifications, but so that's that's well worth knowing. Something that a bit overlooked. Maybe it's a, a byproduct and wasn't designed in. I don't know, but yeah, very cool. Okay, well, it's, we've actually got to five o'clock without anything drastically breaking. I'm, I'm I feel kind of replete. <laughs> I feel like maybe I can trust my system once again. It feels like maybe right. we're at a point, you know, where I can just switch on <laughs> and it'll work. Woohoo, but I am going to do a system backup just before I leave because that's uh, actually that's one thing I wanted to plug as well, which is in no way a sponsorship point. But when I was looking for a way to back up my system because I thought, right, I really need to sort this out, I tried Windows Backup. Windows 10 no longer has an inbuilt backup system that is reliable, it'll back up your documents and some settings, but they've still got this kind of legacy Windows 7 system imager, which is crap it doesn't work properly so don't rely on that what i ended up doing is i went to i uh, got a cronus true image which is a uh, uh, i think you could get it for various platforms and it's like 30 quid a year but i mean if you're if your system absolutely relies on it it's just very easy to set up like image my system drive and then you then you can have incremental different differential backup backups and it's just really sort of put my mind at ease because now I know that I've got a backup from yesterday. Oh, this is my system. You know, I, I deal with the actual documents and the, the video stuff separately. But this is just making sure that if it all breaks, I can take my USB key out and plug it into a dead machine. It will boot to that and say, OK, where's the disk image? And it will go, which one do you want? Let's have it. And it will just rebuild it. And then assuming the hardware isn't cool. broken, I can put the system back together again. So a Cronus True Image, absolute for Windows. I, I think it works on Macs as well, but and it's got all sorts of cloud stuff. But I went for the cheapest option, and it works a treat. You know, so well worth mentioning. Um, and and not only that, whatever you use, just remember to use it and test that it actually works. Because there's nothing worse than finding out it actually doesn't. Isn't that right, chaps? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, although anyway. we, often, we often wait until something breaks and then we invest in something like a really good backup system, right? Oh. Yeah. Well, no, that's true. I mean, and I, you, and I did. I had an image, but I, I just, I, for whatever reason, I hadn't done anything since, and it was not. And it was 2018. It's just like that's unforgivable. He's just got to get it. In. He's got to become. It's got to become a habit. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. And then, you know, you yeah. can always get back. And it's easier with it's easier with OS X because it's not locked to your processor and your memory. Whereas in a Windows machine, if you've got a working system and then you buy a new motherboard and all that, it is it's not going to be transferable. Where that's the one advantage that OS X has it or I think in Linux as well in some flavors, you could just kind of go okay, put this in a new machine and you haven't got to deal with all that kind of hardware configuration change, you need to reactivate your license and all that kind of stuff. Just saying. Mm. I'm sure I'm wrong on many accounts. But uh, so anyway, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have you got any more live streams? And what's going on in your world? Have you got some stuff you need to plug? Oh, crikey. Nothing yet. There's a, there's some releases coming around the corner. I haven't got any live streams set up. I don't know why I haven't. I'm, I, can, I can go at a touch of a button. And I've been promising to do something with the Pulsar um so no not really anything for me just it's just been great being on the show i really enjoyed doing this and 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 sort of giving back to the community if you like and connecting with people so thanks for having us on you're more than welcome i was i was hoping you were going to be talking about your gig down on brighton beach with your uh 
uh, <laughs> with your little portable speakers. What, what was it you were? We thought you might have trouble uh, overcoming the sound of the. Uh, I forgot what instrument it was that we thought might. Yeah. Oh yeah, someone just playing on the cajon yeah, all the, the time, <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe you can. If if you stroll on Brighton Beach, maybe you'll see Matt <laughs> doing some modular jams one day. When all it, the Volkers connected up, battery powered. Yeah. Yeah. Portable PA system, just jamming it three o'clock in the morning, Brighton Beach. Yeah. You, See could you, get, you could get a special trailer for your bike where you just literally just rock up. And as you cycle there, you're actually charging the batteries. <laughs> and maybe Brilliant. take up take up juggling as well. That would seem to be linked to that, but perhaps not. Anyway, Matt, lovely to have you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. And also, Cheers. Mr. Gaz Williams, uh, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And, of course, your show is tonight at 8 o'clock, the Gaz Williams show with uh, Calc and Calc. Yeah. Sonic Journeys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was remembering then when um, when you were saying that about charging up the batteries, uh, there was a stage in Glastonbury, like a small stage, uh, that was uh, Rink, the PA was powered by yeah, yeah pedal, pedal-powered uh it's so funny i played on it and um you know and if the volume is the volume just starts to droop you know, so you can get more apply, people together to start pedaling so yeah. get it back up again uh brilliant fun but um yeah okay thank you very much uh yeah really enjoyed this yeah good that, well, to your show later gaz yeah oh great yeah yeah Cal, gonna, Cal is, end, yeah he is good yeah it's going to be good fun yeah so I'm going to end this with a three shot and see if when I press the button and we say goodbye and thank you very much for watching, we that all works. So anyway, see you later. Uh, that's Sonic Talk 633. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.